Previously on Funny Science Fiction. One day, find it, we will. <laughs> Connection of the rainbow. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. The podcast where sci-fi wardrobe designers come to see the new and exciting uses for tinfoil. So today, our guest is Frank Pillar. Pillar, right? Not Pillar? Pillar. It is Pillar. Oh is my pillar. gosh. Well, I was I told lied. wrong. I so lied. Him. You had you had two two chances. Sorry. Well, <laughs> if you don't know who Frank is, which obviously I don't, <laughs> uh, you yeah. need to. Way to go, Josh. So, uh, oh, you wanted Pillar. Oh, he's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. He's look him up. He's an economist. Yeah, oh, okay. All right. He's in the other room. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's an accountant. You don't want to talk to him. So why do you need to know, Mr. Uh, Pillar? Now I'm confused. Which one? Pillar. <laughs> Pillar. 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 Just, just start over. <laughs> no, it's fine. We'll keep going. All right. Why do you need to know him? I'm just going to call him him. Uh, Frank is a jet engine mechanic by trade who began doing some amazing, and I mean amazing work, with 3D printing and putting together pieces from killer cosplays. To items I, um, I'm sure many of people in our group are going to be very envious of. Things like Thor's Stormbreaker, uh, Captain America's shield, uh, and what you're quite known for, the incredible Iron Man suit with functions built into it that are quite impressive. So to see Frank's amazing work and learn about the art of 3D printing and all the geeky applications that you know and love, please be sure to check out him on his pages like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, where you can find him under username of Frankly Built. So welcome to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast, Frank. Thank you for having me. It's really, it's really cool to be here. <laughs> Glad. Last uh, name's not required. We don't talk about that. Yeah. Uh, we'll be for the last frame. names. <laughs> All right. So you're a jet engine mechanic, yes. right? Yep. Which is not to be confused with a rocket scientist, or maybe no, it not, should be confused. I don't know. No, not at all. The credentials are, are uh, surprisingly a lot less. Um, I, I've been um, I've been in the uh, U.S. Air Force for about eight. Actually, what is today? The 14th. Um, five days past eight years. Wow. Uh, October, oh, wow. October okay. 9th was my enlistment date. Um, wow, that came out quick. Um, it was bad. Yeah, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm a jet engine mechanic by trade. Um, uh, aerospace propulsion is the uh, uh, the job title in the military. And um, I've been assigned to jet fighters my whole career, all eight years on F-15 jet engines. And it's wow. uh, it's awesome. It's a lot Impressive. of fun. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So do you have to be a jet rocket science mechanic to do all the 3D printing stuff that you do? <laughs> Not <laughs> at all. What background experience do you feel is required to do the things you do? Um, I don't think there's actually any requirement for it. Uh, there's just, um, an ambition to want to learn any, I don't think there's any one thing I've done or have taught or worked on, or I'm, I just felt like, ah, this is a little bit too advanced. Like this is just like, none of it's a natural talent. None of it, it can all be learned. Um, I did have a leg up on a lot of things because I grew up building, um, Gundam models and toys and you know Legos and I've always been mechanically inclined which was great and that definitely helped accelerate that and then I was a car guy and then electronics and you know automotive world so I definitely had things that plugged and played into this a lot better painting was one big thing um, so everything has helped however I have plenty of friends and you know who have picked up the hobby who have none of that previous experience and they're still able to roll right into it it's just all about your willingness to learn it just like anything 
Yeah, and I so, don't think it's an overtly complicated um, hobby at all, but you can make it complicated. You can obviously, yeah. you know, you can learn to draw a circle or you can learn to paint the Mona Lisa. It depends on where you want to stop with that. Yeah, that's very true. It's very true. Right. So easy, easy to start, hard to master. I think so, yes. Especially now, how, it's, how, the, how much it's grown in the past couple of years. Um, a lot of people, and I mean, I fight this every day on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. So many people think it is this crazy, expensive, outlandish hobby. That's a rich person mm-hmm. hobby. I'm in the military. I am not rich. <laughs> <laughs> Let's set that out there right now. I am not here because I made the best life choices. <laughs> However, I don't regret any of it. It was an option that I needed to make, and I, I don't regret any of it. Um, I should have paid more attention in high school, but I, you know, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, like, right. Like all of us, we should have yes. paid attention more in high school. <laughs> However, I work with people who have bachelor's and uh, master's degrees and, you know, it's a, it's a broad spectrum. Everybody's there for different reasons. So in the world of 3d printing, we know star Trek levels it up to replicators where you can practically just make anything from pieces and parts to food out of energy. There are many people who are leading in some of the innovations of 3d printing, but where do you see the application of 3d printing starting to take shape in like mainstream manufacturing? In your opinion, will we be able to turn energy directly into matter? When is that going to happen? <laughs> your predictions, please. Yes, uh, please. I'm interested. You're professional. Uh, so, the right now, I and I could I could be wrong about this, obviously, but right now in the hobby, I think this is the quantum leap of the affordability and the technology, where you know DVD players and I remember how expensive um, Bluetooth used to be. You'd pay hundreds of dollars for a little Ridiculous. Bluetooth receiver. Or a Blu-ray disc player was, and now they're a joke. Everything has Blu-ray. Mm. It's it, So right now, um, I believe 3D printing is taking that little quantum leap where um, people are starting to get a big, uh, no, take notice of it, and it's starting to become cheaper. Companies are expanding. They're dialing in the technology. And once you start to actually break apart what a 3D printer is, it's painfully simple, and it kind of makes you wonder, like, why – why hasn't this come up earlier? Why did it take this long when it's just these slight bits of um, motors and belts? And it's, it's basically a CNC. So why did it take this long to get here? And it's, it's just, it's not slowing down at this point. Um, okay. Now matter transversion and converting raw carbon into anything you want. Five years so- now. Um, <laughs> we're st- I think we're still a little bit off from that, but I think, as we start to learn the 3D print metals and more um, practical applications, they're 3D printing houses. There, uh, there's just there's such a unlimited capability with this, and it's affordable in your house. You can make these things that are just from you know sci-fi fiction, and well, you can, <laughs> you can though. You know that's what's cool about it. Um, it's again how far it's just how far you want to take it, and a lot of these things are you know props and replicas. Yes, but at what point? does it start to not become that? And you actually mm. can make an actual metal Iron Man suit. You can actually make yeah. um, a prosthetic arm that has functions in it. So you mm-hmm. start to blend this sci-fi reality. I mean, cell phones were basically invented because of Star Trek. So where right. does that kind of, where does that actually start to bleed over? And well, you're 3D printing an Iron Man suit. All right, yeah, but I can actually put weapons in it one day. You know, and yeah. you know, at one point is it is a mecha. It's a suit. It's actually armor. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's getting crazy. It's definitely getting crazy. Mm-hmm. So, Frank, after having watched a few of your TikTok lives, 
and following you on TikTok, uh, and then going and following you on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we're going to call it following because stalking just sounds so icky. Uh, <laughs> why, just, do we, why does it always come up with you that we have to hey, worry shush. about? Hey, <laughs> where's, where's the line for that, right? Yeah. Uh, right here, the podcast. That's the line. Um, but it's a good we, thing you're on we, another continent. <laughs> I have security cameras. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. So I watching all this stuff, it was very obvious we needed to talk to you. And now the one thing I didn't catch in all of your videos, because I didn't watch everything that you've put out, because there's there's quite a bit of content. A lot. <laughs> um, when you've got your very first 3D printer, what was the first cosplay item that you said, man, I got to make this. If I'm going to do this, I got to make this. That. Yes. <laughs> was it Iron Man? So I only got into the hobby last July to make that Iron Man suit. That okay. was my that was my end game. Cool, uh -huh. But uh -huh. I see um, what you did there. So I've always been a <laughs> yeah I've always been a big Marvel fan. Um, my dad got me into it and all that, and cool. uh, it's been it, it's been great. I he was into the comics, and I kind of was in got really into the MCU and Iron Man and all that, and. Uh, so we could always compare notes. He'd be like, oh, yeah, they did this in the, the comics back when I was a kid. I'm like, oh, well, they did this in the MCU. And so we could. it was always fun just kind of playing that off. I, I'll never forget when he started talking about Captain America. And he's like, I don't know how they're going to bring a, a Nazi killing kind of, you know, superhero like that to the, the big screen. Because, you know, that Captain America was propaganda at the time. Oh, sure. Mm, very much but so. They, but they did. They pulled it off. And it, he was uh, he went and saw the movie with me. And we were both just like, that was that was really cool how they did that. And yeah, so we just got to do that. And after Endgame, um, I, you know, what kid didn't want an Iron Man suit? Like, who left that movie theater after any Iron Man movie? And you're like, that, I would hate to have one of those. Come on. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> after I saw Endgame and always I go to Comic Cons, um, you know, I, I've been to London Comic Con. There was one in uh, Japan that I went to and it always looked like a lot of fun. And I finally realized like I was financially okay, stable. And I knew I had all the framework. I knew how to paint. I knew how to do electronics, all this stuff I learned from cars and models and all that. Sure. I just didn't have the base. I needed the, the easel, I guess you could say, um, yeah. or the canvas. And uh, I did research and 3D printing seemed like the best option for it. And it was just coming down to that affordability. And I grabbed the first printer my first printer, um, a Creality CR-10S, it was like $450. And it was a big printer. It wasn't some small little, it was a fairly large printer. I learned the hobby. And then in September, October, I started printing the first pieces to the suit. Great. Nice. Okay. So looking in your, in your room and looking at, at your, your videos and things that you've posted on social media, um, as you just stated, it's pretty clear that majority of the stuff that you've done is marvel comics related whether it was iron man suit you've got the uh couple different versions of cap's shield you've got thor's hammer molnir you've got stormbreaker you've got the infinity orb from guardians of the galaxy i could go on because i'm a nerd and that's just really cool stuff but now we've talked a bit about iron man and i have to assume that i already know the answer to this question but i'm going to ask it anyway Who's your favorite character from the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And what about that character 
not only caught your attention, but keeps your attention moving forward. I Batman just really took me back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so. I was like, I was like, oh, I don't. Well done, sir. <laughs> Did he not? No. Um, obviously, Iron Man. Um, Tony Stark in in himself. Um, I always a his wit, just the way he was portrayed yeah. by Robert Downey Jr. in the MCU. Perfect. He. I don't. Uh, Aside from maybe Johnny Depp and Captain Jack Sparrow, I don't think anybody's really ever embodied. That is mm -hmm. amazing. The level right. he took for that. It was great. And uh, his wit, his humor, just the way he handled situations, I always liked. And it is actually very similar to the reason I do like Batman um, from DC is he's just a human. He's just a really smart human that doesn't have to do any of that stuff. When you, you know, there's, there's the Spider-Man quote, when with great power comes great responsibility, all that. People like Superman, Spider-Man, um, they have these superpowers. So it's kind of almost like an obligation where you look at yeah. Batman or Iron Man and all they are is smart. They're geniuses. They don't have to apply that to being a superhero. They don't have to apply that to changing the world. They can right, they chose to. Exactly. Now, at first, yes, they did apply it to themselves. Obviously, that's Tony Stark's entire art. He, he's a warmonger and it's for him. And finally, when he sacrifices himself, it's for everybody else. So that's his whole you know, journey and trip. Um, and just, it was just great to watch that whole transition. And, um, I don't know. I just, I, I kind of latched onto it. It was just, he's just a really smart dude with some cool stuff. <laughs> Fair enough. I can get behind all of that. I, as a side point, I also think that I don't know that there'd be another actor who could have played Tony Stark. It would have been, if you look at it because Robert Downey Jr. It, you know, I see him on other movies. Like I watch Sherlock uh a little while ago with that starred robert downey jr i'm like yep. oh look tony starks and sherlock That's, he's he's typecast. <laughs> he's typecast basically forever but not even in a bad way not like no. uh, daniel yeah, Radcliffe for somebody he's no i see it as a compliment honestly yeah it's it's him that's it and yeah uh, very much so it would have been very interesting to see who else could have tried um mm, tom cruise was know. supposed to but oh well let's yeah thank our, let's thank our stars that that didn't happen all right <laughs> by the way have i mentioned i'm not a tom cruise fan He'll never be on the phone. I don't care. So anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. So often in your TikTok lives and other uh, social media posting, you talk about how it's not as expensive as some people would talk or think about to get into 3D printing just for fun or for cosplay. And frankly, pardon the pun, uh, it's probably a fraction of that expected or assumed cost. So other than the expectations or assumptions of cost, what's another popular misconception of 3D printing and cosplay? The, aside from those questions that you kind of just, you know, stated, yeah. um, the other top five questions I think are in there is, is, how did you learn the 3D design? How did you learn the 3D model? I have no idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just don't. did it. No, I don't know how. Yeah, you use models online. Exactly. Yep. Somebody way smarter than me designed a lot of this stuff. Yep. Now, okay. it's just like buying a pre-built model kit for a car. Mm -hmm. Ish. Um it's uh I don't know if you're if any of you are familiar with Pepicura and Foamcraft and um the more the uh, organic side of cosplay and you can download files, you can download templates you lay them on fabric and foam and you cut them out and you then craft your foam suit. You craft your okay. old you know, Iron Man suit. 
just like that, you can go and grab literally everything in my room. You can get the 3D files for it. Now, oh, that's cool. Uh, one of the misconceptions of it is, oh, and I, I, I deal with this and you have to, you know, you have to take the good with the bad and, oh, it's just drag, drop, print, and then you have this thing. It is as a painful oversimplification of it, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I freaking wish. It, 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 one day, yes, I believe very much, definitely even in my lifetime, it will be, there will be a printer big enough to make this, something like this, multiple um, materials and electro, like near nanotech. I think that will happen one day. It's not there now yet. You need to understand how to use the machine. You can buy the thousands dollar printer that gets you very good quality right off the bat, but that's not what we're here for. We're here for the budget cosplayer and trying to figure that out. So <laughs> you're going to need to calibrate and dial in the machine. That is a whole skill in itself. Um, there are different, there's a couple of different people you'll deal with in this realm. I'm not a 3D printer. I'm a, I like to consider myself a maker that 3D prints. To me, the 3D printer okay. is just another tool to get to this end goal. Nice. Now, there are the people who are just 3D printing enthusiasts. They look for the quickest, best. They upgrade their machine constantly. They want that perfect, you know, they're chasing that one perfect thread. And that's fine. Those, because of those people, I can learn from them and apply that to myself. So it, it's this big community. I, I have conversations with people with doctorates who work at hospitals because we're both 3D printing nerds. Right. So you, okay. you, there's just this big community where it doesn't matter what you're printing. It's, Hey, I'm having issues with my printer. what do you guys think? And you just, you talk it out. Um, so you need to learn the hobby. You need to learn the machine. You need to get those good prints because if you don't have like that, that nice canvas to work on, you're, it's going to be that much harder to get that end product. Um, All right. So it's, it's, it's a big misconception. You don't need to know how to model. You don't, you really don't. Um, now you can go and edit and you have to, you can scale and change the configuration of it, but that's also very easy to do. The program, somebody way smarter than me wrote these programs and they work very well. Um, and all, all, everything, all the programs are free. You can literally just get the $160 printer, get $10 worth of plastic and you can start printing this stuff the same day. Yeah. Great. Well, so I noticed, uh, I was looking at some of your uh, recent videos here, and you had a, one where you kind of toured your shop. Uh, Debbie and I watched that together. It was pretty cool. And uh, you mentioned there how you like cheap tools uh, because yeah. don't need, always need the best tool for everything. I'm, I'm kind of the same way, you know. Uh, you, some of these tools you use a few times, and you, once you learn how to use them, that's all you need them for. So I, I spend a bunch of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plug. <laughs> Yeah. We're open, open. open for sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, open for sponsorship. <laughs> Frank, Frank is too, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he will feature you on his TikTok videos if you. Let's do it. <laughs> well, he'll be happy to use those. Uh, so, but now, what's the most useful cheap tool? I mean, aside from the 3D stuff, we'll talk about that later. But like, uh, I recently discovered the uh, the multi-tool uh, vibrating saw that I hadn't, hadn't really used before. And it's like super handy for things I hadn't thought of. And, and, and it's a multi-tool. So what are some of your stuff that you, you like or that you find uh, indispensable in your uh, hobby? But also, is there anything out there that you shouldn't go too cheap on that you need to go for a, a little bit of quality? 
Oh, he's yes. thinking of that. I just want right. to say, you kept saying cheap tool, and all I can think of is cheap trick, and now I'm singing the song Surrender in my head. Okay. So. <laughs> Don't surrender to it. Don't start. <laughs> all right, cool. Mommy's all right. Daddy's all right. A soldering iron. There you go. Mm. This is if you get a 3D printer and you want to make anything bigger than, you know, one little one-off pieces, you want to make large things, this is this is it. Put this in your Amazon cart with it and just buy it. Um, the better option is to have it spend instead of the $5 one, get the $10 one that has swappable tips. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Because this is going to not only let you learn how to do your electronics, repair your printer if something ever breaks, mm. um, learn how to do a little electronics in your props, but it also let, lets you melt and weld the plastic together to combine big pieces together. This thing is absolutely indispensable. I use this every single day. Um, oh, really? Don't change the tip when it's hot. <laughs> yeah. Don't actually, um, I don't, I don't know what you guys I actually <laughs> right in, in the web of my my hand, oh. I, I dropped it and I'm a mechanic. No. I, go, I reach for tools. Right. I dropped it right here, and all it did was hit me. Yeah, it took that. It, that hurt for a while. Oh, um, so it is just—it's yeah. a multi-tool. Now, a lot of people—I actually just had a conversation with somebody on Facebook. They said, "Oh, you're wasting your time with a soldering iron. Just go and buy a 3D pen." And a 3D pen is just like a hot glue gun. It takes 3D yeah. printed filament, and you can draw and make yeah. things with it. Yeah, That's yeah, good, well. but you can't penetrate the plastic with it. It's only for making surface weld. Right. With the soldering iron, I can actually go in and melt the plastic between seams and get deeper into the plastic for a stronger um, bond. Or else that big sword right there would not have the strength it does because right. of something like this. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, that's a good tip. Now, I'm an electronic for, guy myself, so I, I've used uh, soldering irons for a lot more than solder myself. Hey, they're great. <laughs> they're they're uh, they can do a lot of things. They really they really can. Um, as for things you don't want to cheat, this is this is a, a five pound soldering iron off Amazon. It, they're great. Honestly, sometimes the cheaper ones are better because they don't have a voltage regulation, so they just get hot. They get <laughs> uncomfortably hot. They hotter than they should, and be careful with them. But this one I can't adjust, but I always have it maxed out anyway. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, I should probably put some tape around it and just call it a day. <laughs> the thing you don't want to cheap out on when you're 3D printing is the plastic, is the actual okay. filament you use. This will drive you up the wall. This will, oh my God, this will drive you insane because cheap filament will, it'll make you think it's everything else. My printer's wrong. My settings are wrong. The model's wrong. The temperature in the room's wrong. The humidity, it'll drive you crazy. So you do want to get better quality filament, stuff that has reviews um, because you'll just be chasing your tail and it can also damage your printer by having certain clogs and blowouts and issues. It can very oh. well damage the printer if <laughs> issues start to happen. So yeah. quality filament, I mean, just it is it is crucial to this. Good advice. Great. Yeah. Th yeah. That's exactly the kind of stuff I was hoping to get. Uh, now, while we're on the topic, uh, uh, you know, you encourage people to get into 3D printing. And I've resisted the urge so far, but I've been watching it for a while. And I, I have too many hobbies at the moment. But uh, same. Uh, yeah. Uh, one of these days, I'll probably break down and, and, and get into it myself. But now if I, uh, I want to get your take on this, I know you've covered this in some of your videos, but for our listeners, if That's I wanted to start as a 3D printer hobbyist tomorrow, 
what is the minimum I need to get started? Machine software tools. What what do I need to do to get started? Can I grab something real quick? Oh, go absolutely, ahead. please. This literally came in the mail today. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. Under three. Set the tabletop. This is this. Nice. Yeah. All right. That's so it. Get it. Holding up a 3D printer. <laughs> it's <laughs> tiny. It, this is that's yeah. what's in that box. I this one's going back to my wife's work, so I bought another one for myself. Nice. And it's tiny. And this I got it for one hundred and sixty dollars on uh, US Amazon, and it showed up today. So <laughs> wow, awesome. Okay. Oh well. <laughs> so you grab that, and like I said, you get you get some good filament. You get you read reviews. You see what the community is kind of using, and then this is a fifteen dollar roll of one kilogram PLA. This is the the most common plastic you use. So you're looking at maybe one hundred and sixty. I'd say for $200 or less, you have enough plastic, you have the printer, and everything else is free. The software to download, um, Ultimaker Cura, uh, that's the one I prefer. There's other options like Slicer, um, and uh, there's a multitude of free programs. And a lot of the 3D models on websites like Thingiverse.com, Colts3D.com, and MyMiniFactory.com has tens of thousands, if probably not hundreds of thousands, of free 3D models. Half of the Infinity Stone props that I printed here are on Thingiverse. Nice. And you're able to just go download them and you could be printing these off same day. The same day you get your printer and the plastic, that's it. That's everything you need. Everything else is just a bonus. Awesome. I wasn't okay. expecting to be so motivated. I know. I know. Right? <laughs> okay, Deb, you know, I'm getting good at store it. For I know. Our, I know. That of the garage. <laughs> yeah. My wife's going to be so excited when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I bought. <laughs> Honey, so, there's a package coming from Amazon in two days. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, um, I've also noticed there's also another dynamic of the hobby that uh, I feel I'm pretty good at making this stuff at this point. I don't know how to 3D model though, but I have friends who are amazing at 3D modeling. Oh yeah. They suck at printing. But what, <laughs> they, want, but what they want is to see their creations made. So right. there's a lot of 3D modelers out there who are very, they work with me, they'll message me. I'm, I've become good friends with a lot of them. And That's cool. they'll send me files to test out. And I, you know, I, I promote them on the channel. Right. Um, That's a good my idea. Buster, my Buster Sword, the Berserk Sword, a, a bunch of stuff back here, Mjolnir. Um, this, the Tesseract Containment Unit that I have here, this was dormant in um, one of my friend's project so files. Cool. He just wasn't working on it. <laughs> Until I had mentioned it to him, like, oh, yeah, it'd be cool if, you know, I could have that infinity prop. He's like, I actually have that. Let me start that back up. I, I just never wanted to finish it. But nice. And then he finished the file. And a few days later, it, I was sending him pictures of it. And he's like, this is like, that's awesome. That looks a great. lot of them just want yeah. to see their stuff made. Right. Nerds cool. too. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. All right. So, um, you know, for me, the problem would be that just so many cool things to make. Now I had a question. Yeah. If you were a billionaire genius, you're probably already a genius, just at least with the tools. But say you were Tony Stark or Bruce Wayne and you had unlimited money and time to just 3D print your little heart out forever. Uh, what would be your next big dream project? Money and fucking money and fucking money. Life size millennial problem. That's a Tim one. Okay. You got uh, a life size, a life size Hulkbuster. Oh, oh, that'd be cool. Uh, that would be. Oh my gosh. Uh, life size what? 
Hulkbuster, Hulkbuster. Is Iron Man. For, for those of you who don't know, it's Iron Man's uh, suit that he built specifically to take on the Hulk. So it is oh, an nice. enormous yeah, suit. Oh, enormous, yeah. yeah, that would be amazing. Had a very, yeah. very iconic, nerdy scene in Age of Ultron, and it was still one of the best fight scenes in the entire MCU. Yep. Getting to watch these two finally throw down, and yeah, it was everything <laughs> we had been wanting for that for that fight. Yeah. Scene. As a matter of fact, uh, during that fight scene, I laughed when he pinned Hulk to the ground and then the fist was like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> the rock and sock and robot. Yeah, yeah the rock and sock and robot fist right in and drove his head into the ground. Yeah, oh, I was la- that made me laugh pretty good. That's funny. Um, there is, I can't divulge too much of it um, because it is still a very uh, close to the chest project, but that might not be a thing that I need to be some billionaire oh great to do because i might already have the cgi oh, okay. files from age of ultron for the actual hulkbuster oh. that have already been converted into 3d files look at you bro. <laughs> it's uh it's 11 and a half feet tall and Jeez, uh, man we're oh wow plans are being formulated and we're trying to figure out exactly how to approach this because yeah. i can't do it alone great but, oh. a bigger garage <laughs> yes oh my god yes so there's there's plans cool. to do something along those lines um but as a crowdsourced open source build where uh um, adam savage actually did something pretty similar to this community everybody printed parts of a puzzle and sent the two tested and they made this thing oh cool nice mm-hmm. something we're looking along the lines of something like that to oh, that'd be open, cool. to get all the whole 3d printing at least the nerdy side involved yeah. and even people who aren't 3d printers because this will need some special funding too for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's uh oh, great we're talking there's talks about that and i'm, I'm excited so in, in touring the workplace video workspace video i found a few interesting things and a lot of cool stuff um first of all i must say i prefer the brighter gold side on the x on the x yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's gone again have it right here actually frank has gone yeah. to retrieve the axe oh that's yeah. cool yeah i do like the brighter gold side he asked in yeah. the video which side do you like which gold do you like mm-hmm. i do i like this side too but i get why like my wife was like nah it's a little too much and too gaudy yeah i, I get it I, but it's what's cool i could honestly just leave it and depending on how i have it on the wall that you know yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's how that's how the um the, the dragon slayer is one side is bloody the other side is clean so who's gonna know right, <laughs> right. so also in that video you were showing us around your shot i noticed you mentioned the, the cool plastic pieces you said some look like legos we've already mentioned lego a little bit so my question is do you make any smaller objects other than maybe a small object that might go on a bigger object but uh, do you make things like like toys? You had mentioned that that you can do that, but I'm interested in what you've made, like you know, little Iron Man suits for a Lego character, or can Barbie and Ken get some outfits? <laughs> so, <laughs> the smallest, uh, it's, it's a lot of you. Y'all probably gonna laugh at this. Um, the <laughs> the smallest things, yeah. Um, I don't really print small stuff. <laughs> the smallest stuff I printed, I actually have six Power Ranger coins. They were my first 3D print after I calibrated the machine. The first thing I pumped out from Thingiverse were all six original Power Ranger coins. And okay. they were they came out beautifully detailed. I was actually like, this is this is kind of cool. And I painted them and made them look all 
they look bad. Like compared to what I can do now, they look bad. But I was, I was, I, I still have them. I was proud of them. Got um, you going, yeah. Yeah, I was like, this is this is really cool. Um, <laughs> Any interest in making Ken a, a, a Iron Man suit? <laughs> <laughs> for, for a fee, yes. For a fee. <laughs> yeah. So that be a, that might be as much work as the big one. Oh, oh no, that'd be horrible. Oh, you're not talking about a big one. I thought you meant a bit. I thought you meant like a. No, for, for, no. for a for a lesser fee. <laughs> so, um, I, I wasn't really printing small stuff because okay, cool. the printers that I have, um, you can change the nozzle sizes on them so they can get higher detail. Um, but as you print bigger, you you can a lot to lose some of that detail because you're not you're not going to be this close face to an Iron Man suit looking at it. You're going to be viewing it as a whole. So you can lose some of that quality and detail. Um, now there are printers, the little printer, I, the Ender 3 that I showed, that is the perfect middle ground, middle range. It can do kind of bigger stuff. I printed most of this stuff on it, or it can do really fine, small detailed stuff. It's very good at that. Um, cool. If you want super fine, small detail, they actually make SLA resin printers. And those are awesome. Um, resin printing, I wanna get one, but uh, they're a little more expensive. This is um, the, the type of printing I do is called FDM. Uh, it is, it's basically a hot glue gun. It's, it's a hot glue gun that moves in all three axes and it builds something up and you end up with a print. An SLA resin printer is the inverse of that. Oh. It's basically a photo scanner ups, uh, upside down, or I guess I would be right side up. And a plate gets within millimeters of that photo scanner and there's resin floating between it. And a UV light goes around and zaps the resin in a perfect layered pattern. And then it moves up a little bit and then it zaps another layer and then it moves up a little bit. So out of the resin upside down, you start to pull out a print made out of pure resin. And depending on the accuracy of that photo scanner or that uh, UV light, you can get, I mean, absolutely insane detail on things that you can never print with the type of printers that I do that require no sanding or post-processing. You can just print them, cure them, and paint them. And that, that a lot of people will make um, miniatures and Warhammer 40K figures and tabletop gaming figures. They'll use resin printers for that okay. because the level of detail they can get out of that is just insane. It's good to know. I want All that. Right. I want that little one. <laughs> it's, it's cool. It's very cool. Well, <laughs> on the detail one. <laughs> Frank, we, we have enjoyed having you on our, our show today. And although we're not entirely done we are coming close to our finish of our allotted time here okay. so one of the things that we like to do with all of our guests we like to play a little game at the end uh -oh. now we have uh -oh. a quiz for you and it's an iron man quiz so we're going to see how well you're <laughs> <laughs> and he's gone folks no uh now we have five questions for you if you get three of them we're going to send you in red shirt widows and orphans mug Okay, so if you get three out of the five correct, you get a free mug, and we'll even be kind enough to send you one without lip marks on it. No Google, no see. <laughs> you only have time to use Google. Hands up. Here. However, and then if you get five right, we're going to send you a, an autographed copy. That's right, Drayton's going to break out a crayon and he's going to write on the inside of his book and his own very own name for you, uh, oh. and he'll send that along with the the mug as well. So you, if you get five, you get the mug and the book. Now, however, if you get less than three correct, 
we're going to take your fa your face, your picture of your face, and attach it to a tastefully done meme of Fing Fang Foom. Do you agree to those terms? Do you agree to the terms? Yeah, I've already been I've been memed on my Discord. I can. Oh, okay. It. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's like, yeah, whatever. We can do this. It's a it's a, <laughs> is it a drive by memeing or. You know what? I might just tank all five just to get that out of you. That's so. <laughs> I'll make you. I'll make you guys work. I don't have right? to. Right. Every question is gonna be like Bob, uh, Batman. All right. Yeah. All right, Batman. All right. Here we go. Question one: Where is Tony Stark when he's captured and taken into hostage in the MCU? Was it Iraq, Afghanistan, or Egypt? Afghanistan. Very good. Very good. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> All right. Colonel Rhodes renames himself, changing from War Machine to what new moniker? American Iron Patriot. I am Iron Patriot. Iron Patriot. He got it already. Yeah. Wonderful. Ding, need ding, the ding. Yes. All yeah. right. Well, All fine. right. If you're not going to let us ask the questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, there's right. no bonuses for answering early. No. For the mug. You ready? In which city is a Formula One race that Tony takes part in? Is it Morocco, Moldova, or Monaco? Uh, Monaco. Yep. All right. Yeah, very good. Mug. Got a mug. I wouldn't have got get, that one right. I'll tell you You get that. one of these here mugs. Thank you very Yay. much. All right, well, let's go for the big one then. What's the original purpose of the lit devices installed on the hands of the Mark II? Was it for weapons aiming? Were they just lights to see by, or were they for flight stabilization? Flight stabilizers. Yeah. He knows it. Look he knows you it. Go. He knows his language. <laughs> All right, that's ask harder four. questions, man. We, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, he's like, I like these just fine. Thank you very these much. These are good. All right. All right. What position within Stark Industries does Tony give or hand over to Pepper Potts? Was she made the COO, the chief operating officer? Was he did he just outright give her the business or was she the chief executive officer, the CEO? Ooh. I believe she was chief operations officer. Oh. So close to the book. Okay. <laughs> We're, we're going to ask a bonus question just, just in case nice. you can hit the five, okay? All right. While in captivity, Tony is assisted by whom? Dr. Yeah. Wu, Dr. Yinsen, or Dr. Phil? <laughs> Dr. Yinsen. Oh, great. That's awesome. I would have made you send Dr. the book Phil. if you would just said Dr. Dre. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Who? probably could have honestly you probably could have used dr phil too but dr phil awesome. yeah well that means we're going to send you both the cup as well as dad's autograph book oh the cup might it doesn't work with my green screen which is hilarious. <laughs> so it will Thank send you, you very the, much yeah absolutely and uh we're hoping you'll enjoy those so frank we're here at the conclusion where can people go to find more frank i would very much like to direct everybody to my YouTube. It is my okay. bread and butter. Um, if I would call myself anything, it's a YouTuber above anything else. Um, it has been my driving force for the past year and a half, just getting the information out there so I could <coughs> want to show people this, you know, and if it's not for everybody, it's not for everybody, but give a video a watch, see what you think about it. 
And uh, hopefully I can convince you to, you know, jump into 3D printing. And it doesn't even need to be in the realm of cosplay. It's great for steam. It's great for education. It's the world's very strange right now with lockdowns and people being at home. And it's the perfect little hobby to start up with your family and your kids. Perfect. Wonderful. So, so that means go to Frankly Built on YouTube. Uh, and we'll be sure to include that in the show description as well when we post this episode. So thank you, listeners. Please go to Frank's YouTube channel, Frankly Built, of course, and follow and subscribe his content. You can also obviously find him on TikTok as well. Um, and, there, and if you guys would like other amazing guests like Frank, um, please be sure to hit like and subscribe on our channel as well so we can find more awesome people like him. Um, yeah, thanks for being on the show, Frank. Thank well, you so much for having me. This, this was yeah, a lot of fun. Great. Thanks. Well, you know, everybody, once again, you've wasted almost an hour of your life listening to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. But we tried to make it mostly harmless. Thank you for listening. And remember, have fun storming the castle. Take care, guys. Goodbye. Let's not miss an opportunity to talk about the brave men and women who have boldly gone and not returned. That's right. We are, of course, talking about our beloved red shirts. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund. Imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt crewman number 21. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and gets dissolved by acid spewed from the dangerous horde of monsters on Janus 4, only 11 minutes into episode 22, that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope. Because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund have his back and a small clump of hair left over from the acid bath. Now that pseudo charity has become a very real charity. The Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has given us the opportunity to produce merchandise. And if you buy that merchandise, 100% of the profits goes to the fine folks over at Wish Upon a Teen. Now what Wish Upon a Teen does is they help kids who are stuck in the hospital over extended stays. They redecorate the rooms. So they, they work closely with the family and the child themselves to help them to get a personalized redecoration of that hospital room. And so you can help out your neighbors in their time of need by purchasing Red Shirt Widows and Orphans merchandise. Or if you don't want a coffee cup, a t-shirt, or a hoodie, something along those lines, you can always just go to www.wishuponateen.org and donate directly through their links. Thank you for listening or watching. Don't forget to subscribe and like us on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. If you've enjoyed our podcast, why not come join our Funny Science Fiction Facebook group, too? It's filled with giggle-worthy memes and gags. Visit our website, www.funnysci-fi.com. That's F-U-N-N-Y-S-C-I-F-I.com. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at funnysci-fi or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the contact me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Copyright 2020 by Drayton Allen. Original music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by funny science fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at DraytonAllen at DraytonAllen.com.